Um, okay. What are we talking about for this one first? Oh, this was a scope creep. Okay. Three, two. Welcome to Founders Vika with Deanna and Desiree. I'm Deanna. And I'm Desiree. We're California attorneys with a passion for empowering small women-owned creative businesses that make beautiful things. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk about scope creep. What is scope creep? It's when you have a client who maybe asks for additional services that weren't agreed to in your contract. For example, when you're you're shooting a wedding and the bride and groom is like, oh, you know, things are running late. Can you, can you stay a little bit longer or you're a makeup artist and you stay another hour. Yeah. A makeup artist. And, you know, in the agreement, you're only supposed to do their, their makeup, but now they want you to. Yeah. Touch your eyebrows. eyebrows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're asking for services that are just a little extra than what you had planned to do. And I think that it it's it's so easy for scope creep to happen for many of our clients because it is just a little extra, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's this thing that, yeah, we're happy to do. We love our work. We're really excited about what we do. And I, you know, you want me to be more creative and you I think for a lot of people, it's kind of like this affirmation that you are good at your work and they want you to do more of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's not a big deal. Okay. I have time. I'll stay a little later. I'll do this extra thing. But I think really the issue is when it keeps happening with the same, yeah. the same client, they keep asking for just up. a little more. Yeah. yeah. That, that, you know, and how do you handle that? And, you know, one of the things we, we're always looking back to like what the mission is, right. And the mission is to kind of increase the the market raise the market you know rising tide lifts all ships um you're really doing a disservice to your entire industry if you're somebody who is doing the extra and saying oh it's no big deal um oh i'll do it i'll undercut the normal rate for this Mm -hmm. you know i think we all have somebody like that in our community and we hate them because it's like no now i have to do the extra work to educate the client that that is not typical yeah. That is not the industry standard. Um, and it's great if you want to do that, but you should really, you know, these are your colleagues and these are people who are supposed to be your allies. So, you know, you have a duty to tell your clients that, yes, I'm happy to do it, but just know that this is just me. This is not the industry standard. And if you ever work with somebody else, you should be prepared to, to pay or not have it happen for you. Of course, there's an airplane flying over me when I'm talking. (laughs) You know, in many ways, art is subjective. We know that, right? Like, that's a pretty common saying. But the reality is that there are industry standards. There are um, services that are typical for whatever the price point is or whatever the job is. And it's really important to preserve those industry standards for others. Um, And if you're doing a little bit more, kudos to you. I think that's really great that you're finding ways to be creative and differentiate yourself in the market but you know if you're if you're going beyond those industry standards and and saying that oh this is normal you're really hurting a lot of people and you're you're probably hurting your own business as well i think it's really important that you advocate for yourself and um, your time is important and 
sadly though I see a lot of people who are doing that as like people who are just starting out in the industry mm-hmm. and they want every opportunity to to get their feet wet and that's admirable that really is but there are other more responsible ways of doing that I encourage people to be more collaborative I think that that's part of the reason why we have um you know what we call shoot and burn photographers who are people who just spray and pray (laughs) just shoot a lot and then they give everything up and it's um it's not great for everyone else including the copyright right that's just not industry standard um so you know naming what that is if you if you're starting out and you're saying okay well i'm starting out how am i supposed to get business if i'm not undercutting the market if i'm not you know kind of racing to the bottom I think it's really important to collaborate with people that are in your local area, maybe somebody who has a style that you admire and try to study under them Mm -hmm. say, you know, I really admire your work. And for those of us who have been in the industry, do not gatekeep. It's so important. Don't gatekeep because, you know, you could have the same subject matter as somebody else, but you're going to get different pictures no matter what your interpretation of something is going to be very different from the next person. That's the beauty of the human brain is that we Mm. see things differently. So, you know, we talked about FOMO before and and maybe imposter syndrome. And I think that one of the other mental blocks is this idea that you need to keep secret the things that you do. But the reality is that half the people won't listen to you. Um, They won't believe you anyway. And the other half are too lazy to do it. So you've really got nothing to lose. And you're really helping to set the industry standards and, and some of these young um, young professionals on the right path to maintaining um, the value of the industry. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And it also kind of goes back to our other podcast about, I think, scarcity mindset, too. And instead, you know, having an abundance mindset that there's enough to go around for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen this, you know, we get emails sometimes about people who are like, this person has copied this from me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can tell you firsthand, it really sucks when someone copies your work or whatever you're doing, whatever you put those hours into to make it your own. You know, we take a lot of ownership over the our websites, our marketing, our branding, our um all of the detail that goes into our business and then to have somebody just kind of copy it from you stings, even though it's supposed to be a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, after you get over the initial cursing it out, <laughs> venting with your friends, um, don't go on to Facebook. Don't go on to, uh, what's that website? It's, this is, copyright website this website about people who like copy other people's work um you know don't don't go burn people like that think about it another way how does this work for your business after we get over that initial like irritation and annoyance and shock and just like i'm so angry they clearly copied me um because they did it after i put it out and blah blah think about okay how do i turn this around how do i make this profitable for me maybe that is looking closely and saying you know, hey, love what you're doing there. If you're ever in my neck of the woods, let me know and we can second shoot for each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, try to make something out of it. It's like 
going to prom and wearing the same dress as somebody else? Are you going to tell that girl, hey, go change your clothes? Or are you going to say, hey, love your taste, wink, wink? We definitely recommend that you say, I love your dress. Yeah. (laughs) Wink, wink, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, you kind of have to trust that the market will bear out. And if that person is undercutting, they are going to have problems themselves that you just are not going to see. And you should be thankful that you don't have to deal with that. So what do you think are some ways that business owners can try to um, deal with the scope creep or avoid it in the first place? Yeah, I think avoiding it in the first place is the key, right? So really knowing who your clientele is, understanding not only that marketing goal, like what's their age, what's their, uh, you know, style preference, what is this and that in their budget, um, but also being really clear about what you are into. You know, what are your limitations? Mm -hmm. What kind of clients do you like to work with? It, some of this comes with um, working for a long time and, and having dealt with a lot of different clients. You can kind of sniff out some of the things that are red flags to you, but it's important to stand by whatever your practices are. Every time you get burned, you kind of learn a new thing and you make that thing part of your business practice, part of your workflow. And, you know, your the basic thing that you should be doing is meeting with your clients before you sign them up. Um, whether that is just a, a video chat or in-person coffee, um, because art is so subjective, it's really, really important that you meet with your clients to make sure that this is somebody that you can work with, but also to make sure that they've reviewed your portfolio, that they're familiar with your work before they have that initial meeting with you. Um, I would always send my clients an email saying, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, it's important that you both look at my work, review my portfolio, And if you've both decided that you like the work, let's go ahead and set up a time to meet. Um, That initial meeting is such an opportunity. Um, In this industry, it's personal to the clients. It's very, very personal to the clients, right? And we're creating work that is very bespoke for them. And in order to do that, you have to put the time in. And so those initial consultation meetings are about an hour long for me. And um, some of the things that I'd want to know are just like, just tell me what's your story. How did mm-hmm. you guys meet? You know, um, what do you like to do together on weekends? What was your first impression of each other? What are you looking forward to most in your wedding? What are you looking forward to most after your wedding? And those, you know, the answer to those things, if they kind of like jive with what I'm into, then that's a good indication that they're my people. If the answers are a little stiff and the conversation's a little bit strained across the board, um, that would be something that I'm cautious of, you know, because you don't want to have this relationship where you might be making jokes and they don't take it as a joke um, or vice versa. You know, that leads to a a lack of communication. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I know. Sometimes you don't really have the opportunity. Sometimes, right, this maybe a wedding comes up. Um, oh, last minute. Last minute, yeah. and you don't really know who you're working with. Yeah. So, do yeah. you deviate from your normal thing? Um, no, no, <laughs> you do not. Even if there's like a last minute wedding or or a last minute booking, I would still, you know, you want to control the relationship, meaning mm-hmm. that you are the business, 
you are the ones with um, policies and standards for your own business. And let's say a client books you with really short notice and you say, okay, congratulations. Um, you know, this is what we normally do. We normally have more time to deal with this. However, uh, let's, let's just move along with it. Um, so review my portfolio together. And then once you guys have, you know, and decided that you like my work, let's meet. And during that meeting for clients who, you know, maybe book me at the last minute, I'd want to know how did you find me? First of all, did you find me on Instagram or did you find me through a, um, a referral? Now, oppositely, if they found me through a referral, um, I don't know. I feel like that would, that would be a little bit of cause for concern for me because they might just be looking, they might just want to book you because you're somebody that somebody else recommended, not necessarily yeah. because they liked your work. Um, yeah. So all this is to say that you're trying to still set the standards for the relationship for the client, regardless of when they book you, mm -hmm. let them know that, yes, you might be coming to me in a hurry, but these are the rules of the road, at least for me. And if you're down with it, then we can, we can do this. But if not, um, best wishes because yeah. you weren't planning to work that weekend anyway. So why not, why not pass on it? Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you probably, it's always a good idea to have something already, um, made, whether it's like a frequently asked question section on your website or email template, something that just goes over everything that, you know, try to, um, let them know your, what you expect of them and how the, your workflow. So you know, trying yeah. to really limit the amount of, um, like back and forth yeah. that you'd have to do. Yeah, yeah totally. And make sure they really understand the process. I think the more, the more jobs you have under the belt, the more, um, this fucking crap. <laughs> okay. I think the, the more jobs you have under your belt, the easier it is to identify the things that you're not going to put up with, especially in the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, um, you work one 12 hour day and you're like, Nope, not doing that again. <laughs> not, not without a huge fee or you, you do one client who wants to start at like 5am and you're the makeup artist and you're like, yep, I'm going to have to charge extra for this because yep. this is horrible. Um, yeah, the more you have those kind of experiences, the easier it is to put together a frequently asked questions section on your website. And I highly encourage that you do that. Um, it saves you the back and forth. It tells the client that you have been around the block and you know what you're doing and that you've seen a lot of things that they maybe haven't considered. Also, it's an opportunity for the, for you to educate your client about your process mm -hmm. and having a process is super important. It is super important if you want to be scalable in your business and also um, really communicate to the client that you are a legitimate business. Yeah. And I think especially um, in those situations where maybe you do make an exception and you do something a little extra and then they ask again, something that you can point back to, whether it's the actual contract or your um, website where you, you know, you show them, you know, it clearly yeah. says here, this is what we agreed to, this is the process. And I did make an exception once, but this time um, I'm going to have to charge you extra or, or I'm just not going to do it. Um, Cause that's just not what we agreed to. Exactly. So 
you know, I think in our contract, we make it really clear in the waiver section that, you know, waiver of one of the policies in the contract doesn't mean that it's going to be ongoing. And it doesn't mean that it's a waiver of other terms of the contract either. So it's really important to have that in there so the clients know before they start asking for exceptions what your policy is. It makes it a lot easier to put a stop to it when you can point to a section in your contract and say, boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, I really like you guys. I am not going to charge you um, a late fee for this or that. Um, but doesn't mean that the next time you guys are late that I'm not going to charge you right yeah yeah sometimes those conversations can be difficult but it's always easier when you can point back to something that you're like I told you this already or <laughs> you should have read this <laughs> I'll also say like you know going back to that that mindset like the, the mental block there like what makes you different from quote-unquote a bigger business that they're dealing with yeah. right do you think that the venue like I think we all consider venues to be uh, bigger businesses because just the sheer like the size of it literally like they're a physical place that you can look at and it looks like oh they're so fancy but do you think that they're asking the vendor the the, the sorry the location the venue um did I say venue before I might have messed that up but yeah we look at the venue as like a bigger business than the other like you the one person who maybe works out of your garage um, being more legitimate and and that's just kind of silly because I definitely know photographers who charge more than the venue um, but you know do you think that the client is going to the venue or the caterer saying hey can I have an exception here could you do me this there and and they're agreeing to that like they're not so don't discount yourself um, when other vendors who are doing the exact same wedding wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think I see that with contracts a lot. People are always a little bit nervous to get their contracts professionally done because they feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a small business owner and, and like my clients are going to get scared off by a full contract. And that's not true. That's actually not true. I've had the opposite happen where clients come back and tell me that Number one, they feel a lot more covered. They feel safer in their business. They feel more secure. Um, but also they feel like they're more legitimate with their clients and their clients treat them differently. Um, I've also, you know, it gives you that credibility. Um, but I've also heard people say that, you know, I used to have questions, a lot of questions about my processes. And now I don't have as many questions anymore because we cover it in the contract. Yeah. So I, I, it's a really good way to kind of set expectations with your clients and have them be more aware of your policy without having to um, say it yourself. Yes, and I think yeah, to really avoid or limit the scope creep, it's definitely the expectation setting in the beginning, expectations and boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's also that fear that you're going to miss out on potential like referrals. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, did you enjoy working with this client? <laughs> and if so, um, referrals from them are great. But if it, you know, who wants referrals from somebody that was a problem client? Yeah. I certainly don't. And I, to me, it's more awkward if I get referrals from a client who I didn't totally enjoy working with because then I'm like, I don't know if I want to work with you, mm-hmm. you know? Though I have worked with other clients from clients that I didn't like super love that I turned out to love. So 
you know, your mileage might vary. <laughs> so then how do you deal with a client who has just been creeping and creeping and creeping in your services and it's starting to cost you like more than what they actually even paid you? Mm-hmm. How do you walk it back? Do you yeah. walk it back? Of course, the, the easiest way is if you do have a good contract that um, identifies all of those um like extra fees that you charge for these extra things. So you could always just point to that and say, Hey, I did make an exception before, but going forward, you know, I yeah. have to have to charge you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like yeah. having that conversation. Don't apologize though. Never apologize, apologize for your policies and your, for your fees. You're worth it. You know, you've identified what your time is worth. So don't apologize. But for sure, I think that was one of the big complaints that I heard in the pandemic when people had their weddings get canceled or postponed and people already did a lot of work leading up to the wedding, feeling like, oh my God, I already did all this work and now they're canceling and I'm not going to get paid for all of the time. Well, the question becomes, did you have that in your contract that you charged for all of those emails that you sent and for all of the planning sessions? If you didn't, it's going to be really, really hard to recover those costs for the time that you spent already working. So it's important in your contract or at least in your pricing menu to identify like what is your hourly rate doing xyz even if you don't normally book that a la carte mm-hmm. yep and and unfortunately if, if you don't have that in your contract it might just mean a kind of difficult conversation with your with your clients you know saying hey this is this is what we agreed to i've done xyz mm-hmm. and unfortunately i can't do any more or i'm going to have to charge you yeah i think that's right it's you know, it's very uncomfortable, but that's maybe one of those things where you get burned and say, okay, I'm going to go get a contractor to figure this out. But yeah, I think that there are definitely clients who will keep on coming back for more and they're never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. You just cannot please them and you won't be able to please them. And it might hurt your existing clients who are actually your client, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to um, gently but firmly let them know that I've appreciated working with you. I appreciate your time. However, this is what I can do for you right now. Um, I don't think that I can do anything else here. I can't do what you're asking me to do here. Um, if you would like, you know, here are your options of what you can do and here are the prices that are associated with that. Yes. Yeah, I think you have to, at that point, you'll, you'll kind of know it's it's at that, that's where it is. You'll just have that feeling inside and... Yeah, you'll definitely have that feeling of like, oh my God, I would pay right now to stop dealing with this client. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's usually that's where we come into play because like people are like, how do I do this? How do I, you know? So do you ever think they should pay to have it go away? What are your thoughts on um, that? I don't. I don't think that because, I mean, you definitely want to sometimes, but it never goes well, right? Like the idea that you can say, um, like in some sense, yeah, if you are giving them a refund and the reason you're giving them the money is to say, listen, you know what? Just, just take the photos or or whatever it is. It's on me, but I can't help you any longer. Mm -hmm. And that's if you want to shut the door on the client and say, I'm done with you. Here you get free photos. Okay. But if you're offering money like in a settlement in exchange for like, don't write me a bad review, I always think that's a bad idea. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea ever to like ask people to sign an NDA um, or or like give not give you a bad review. 
you know, you might be tempted to do that. And I think that the scarcity mindset is something that really um, pushes people into thinking about doing that. But that definitely always backfires. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it always backfires because number one, they're going to think that you must mm-hmm. pay off all of your clients who have um, a bad time with you. You know, they're going to think that there's yeah. more of them. Um, number two, like, if your work is on par with what it's supposed to be and, you know, you turned in good work, then mm-hmm. it is what it is. The client didn't do their due diligence. Ultimately, you know, when we when we worry about getting sued, it's the thing you have to worry about is misrepresentation. And it's misrepresentation if you're producing work that is not like what they looked at when they signed up for you. That would be like a bait and switch. So, you know, I always tell clients when I was shooting, beware of um, – people who might be starting out charging not that much who are producing work that come from styled shoots um or or from like what are they called um workshops because number one those are Mm -hmm. models they're in controlled conditions they're in controlled environments where there's no time crunch there's no um guests getting in the way there's no other vendors that you're trying to work around so that same notion of like what you're telling your clients to look for we're telling you to like look for that in your client. If they're continuing to ask you over and over for a little bit more, you got to figure out where your boundaries are yeah. and draw that line. Are you a creative business owner hitting goals and milestones in your business? We want to know and celebrate with you. Hit the link in our bio and fill out our form so we can shout you out on the pod. And before we go, there's a few things you should know. Founders Speak is for educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal advice. In some states, like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising.